Kirk Cousins has confirmed that he is not going to get a contract extension before the start of this year, which makes 2023 a make or break season for him in a much truer sense of the phrase than any of the other times that we have said that. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You like it on three, one, two, three. You, like it! you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your increasingly haggard host, Luke Braun. Let's find some joy today. You can find the Locked On Vikings podcast wherever you find your favorite shows, uh, whether that is an audio podcast listening app whether that's YouTube or even Amazon Fire or Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Thank you so much to those of you who do listen to this show every single day. I appreciate you all so much. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. They will throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Uh, so today on the show, let's get into the Kirk Cousins situation. I, this is a quote from a couple days ago at the end of minicamp, uh, mandatory minicamp is over by the way. So the Vikings will no longer, will not reconvene again until the start of true proper training camp. So we've got like kind of six weeks to overanalyze it. Um, but Kirk Cousins did have actually something salient to say. He was asked about his contract situation and he had sort of spoken in the past in a way that sort of implied this, but in this way, he just like directly said it. He said, uh, that he does not expect to be in any contract negotiations before the season starts. He says, we, I think we're going to do that in March. And then that's that. And I'm just going to play, go to work. That's it. He was very direct about this, which he isn't often direct. I mean, if he's a quarterback and a presser, there's all kinds of ways he can get in trouble. Right. Um, but that is the nature of the situation. No ifs, ands or buts about it. He is not getting a contract before this season starts. He is also going to try to get a contract before next season starts uh, or before the the final date where his contract voids. So the way that contracts or Kirk's contract works right now is um, that on it's going to be like February 22nd or something like that. It's like a, a specified date in the in the language of the contract. His contract will automatically cut and it won't expire uh, at the start of the league year, like other contracts will, but functionally it'll be like two weeks before that. Um, so functionally that'll be the, he'll be a free agent for the free agency period of 2024, assuming nothing else, uh, gets changed. And the nature of this is that thanks to the big restructure that he did this March, uh, that the Vikings did with his contract this March, which also was a big kind of, uh, indicator that, Hey, he's not going to get a new contract extension because, that would have made this restructure move kind of redundant. I mean, it bought them time to maybe negotiate another one, but now we know, okay, it's not happening. Should no changes happen, Kirk Cousins will carry a $28 million dead cap hit into 2024 and become a free agent. So the Vikings will take a $28 million penalty, and that'll be that. Kirk Cousins is now gone to his next team, and the Vikings move on to their next chapter. Um, that currently does not exist in that structure. If you look at it the way the like NFLPA official tracking of salary sees that, which the actual official tracking of salary doesn't care about future years. That's all just projection. You can be up over the cap as much as you want. As long as you're under by the time it actually becomes that league year, you can over promise as much as you want, right? You probably just have to cut people. Um, 
but that currently exists in a structure of four different void years. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar, I, I did a whole video on uh, the salary cap and kind of the mechanisms of how it works on my Patreon page, which is free to watch. You can find it. Uh, there's a like a banner at the top of the page that there's one that says, let's count beans. Go click on that. Um, I also explained this via beans. Bean counting is a good way to do this. Uh, on my Twitter page, you can find that tweet as well if you search it out. But basically, in the next two years, Kirk Cousins will carry a... Let's say that the Vikings signed Kirk Cousins to a four-year extension at zero additional money. Uh, he decided he was going to play for free for the Vikings, which is actually against the rules, but just bear, bear with me. Um, so let's say he he decided he was going to play for free for four years for the Vikings. Um, his cap hit in 2024 would be $10.25 million. Same in 2025, and then it would be like $4 million or something like that in the next two years. Uh, and that's because there's been a couple of restructures that have gone into void years at different uh, lengths that have sort of spread the money out that way. So if that would be the way that it works. And that's one way to think about it. If you're going to do an extension, those cap hits stay in place, right? The way this works is the second his contract voids or you know the, the release, the February release gets triggered, all of that money will accelerate meaning now the Vikings will have to pay off everything, even though that was supposed to be a 2027 cap hit. Now they have to pay off everything in the 2024 cap environment, and that all adds up to $28 million. So that's the way it works. But let's say that they gave him a one-year extension for some undetermined amount of money. Don't worry about the number. Then that 10.25 for 2024 would stay in place, and, and everything else would stay out of 2024. It would uh, just add to, so let's say you gave him, he, he decided he would play for a $30 million base salary. Easy number, probably way too low, but just to keep the numbers easy. So his cap hit would be 40.25 or 40.25 million for 2024. And then next year, the rest of the money that's left over would accelerate, leaving, I think that adds up to like 18 million and change would be the dead cap hit. Instead of a $28 million dead cap hit in 2024, it'd be 18 mil in 2025. That's the way that things will like spread out and into future years, right? That's the system in which we are working if we want to try to get uh, an extension done with Kirk Cousins. Um, and what you can do, let's say he, he the, the amount you agree to is going to be $40 million, right? Instead of taking a $50 million cap hit in 2024, which, I mean, I guess you could figure out a way to do by making money elsewhere, you would maybe still have some of that be signing bonus that would spread into the next three years. And maybe you just, you, you shave 10 million off of that restructure. It would be like a, a what would that be? A 13 or a 12 and a half million or something like that restructure, 13.3 million dollar restructure that would then push 10 mil into 2025, 2026 and 2027, and then leave it as a, as that $30 million base salary, plus just a little bit of uh, signing bonus that's left over, right? He would have like a $42 million cap hit or something, which feels a little bit more reasonable uh, in the cap environment that 2024 20, will be. Then you would have a 28 mil dead cap hit in 25, in, in 20, so two years from now, but that'll be a bigger cap environment. So 28 million two years from now is easier to stomach than 28 million one year from now because the cap will probably have gone up. That'll be a lower percentage of the resources available to you. So you could kind of work it out that way. And then you have, you know, you've got your bridge quarterback and you're not going into the 2024 draft without a, a you know, a feasible plan at quarterback. That's what Quasi really wants. That's what the Wills really want. So that might be the way that 
all of this plays out. The problem with with this is, I mean, A, the problem is going to be, yeah, that's like a lot of money to bring into books. You're going to also have Hawkinson extension, Jefferson extension, all that stuff's going to start to add up. But the the real issue is going to be timing because this is a situation, as Kirk Cousins has described it, they're going to get at it in March, maybe February. Like, that's going to be something that is on a pretty tight schedule. The regular season ends in like mid-January now, like January 10th or 11th or 12th or whatever that Sunday is, is going to be the last game of the regular season, let alone if they make the playoffs that elongates the season more. And if Cousins doesn't extend, expect to be negotiating this extension, you're going to kind of have a really tight window to do it. Um, and when there's a lot of space in between two parties, which maybe there is, maybe the Vikings are saying, you know, we don't want to give you a second year in 2025. And Kirk Cousins wants a second year in 2025. That's a huge problem. That's a way bigger problem than, you know, well, there were ten, there's 10 million between what he's asking and what we're willing to give. We've got to find a middle ground. That's a little more solvable, especially with some time to really talk about it versus, oh, my God, we just want completely separate things. We have to figure out some kind of solution and we've got about 14 seconds to do it. That's like not going to happen. So that feels like it's also going to be a thing. Um, so if if the Vikings want Kirk Cousins to be their quarterback in 2024, and that's a decision they're not going to make until they've seen 2023. Feels like that's going to be a difficult thing to achieve. Not impossible, but there's definitely going to be some challenges to that. So um, that that kind of raises the question, what does Kirk Cousins need to do to make that happen? What does he need to do to get a contract? And the nature of that system, honestly, is going to be kind of unfair to him. And that's just kind of the way the NFL is. It's That's life. So we'll, we'll go into some of that more philosophical stuff as well. Uh, before I do so, however, I want to talk to you about pants. Bird dog pants in particular, they make you look good. They have stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you that truly beautiful, sculpted, juicy, and possibly, if you're down for it, oily look. Uh, bird dog shorts do the same thing as, say, Lululemon, but they fit way better. And they fit a lot better than like regular shorts that are often made of a stiff, restricting cotton. They fix this issue by developing a cloud knit fab fabric that looks just like khaki, so you get all the same like fashionable, fashionable benefits of that, but it stretches, so you get a much slimmer fit without actually having to sacrifice movement or comfort. They also have an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keep you cool, keeps you cool and dry all day long long. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Hey, thank y'all so much for those of you who do listen to this show every single day, especially here in June uh, when things are a little bit slower. This is when I think we can have some of the coolest conversations because we can talk about whatever we want. Uh, so thank you guys so much. If you're interested in more stuff about this, especially if all of that cap stuff was just dizzying, which it can be for some people uh, that, that, you know, people that didn't like math class, go to my Patreon page, go to the Let's Count Beans video. Uh, it's free to watch, and hopefully it'll explain some of those systems to you with a visual aid, which I know for me, like, that really helped me get it uh, the, for the first time. So maybe that'll help you as well. But kind of moving on, I, I think this raises the question. Okay, so we're going to get to this moment in January or February of uh, 2024, where the Vikings are going, okay, we have to decide if Kirk Cousins is going to be our quarterback for 2024. We know what it's going to take. You know, we, we, we've negotiated a little bit. We have this idea of what it's going to take. It'll probably be a substantial 
uh, cost on the salary cap. And we have to decide if we are if we want to do what it takes to get him there, right? Um, maybe there's a moment where, you know, maybe there's just too much between the sides, like I said before, and we can't do this at all. Maybe we get there. But there's like probably going to be a moment where we say, are we doing this? And the last thing in the Vikings' mind will be however the 2023 season ended. And that kind of ha- makes us ask, okay, what happens that gets Kirk Cousins there? I, there's been a lot of speculation from um, Ari Mirov, is that his name? The the like PFF insider guy or you know people on um, sports radio and all this. Like, There's been a lot of talk about, oh, is, is this the last year for Kirk Cousins? Um, and sort of reading into that quote as much as you can, that quote was pretty dry from, from Kirk cousins. It was, you know, Nope, we're going to probably do that next March. I'm here to play right now. That was kind of it. So anything else you add to that, like at its face value, it was informative, but very dry, very associated press. Um, if you want to add any editorialization to that, that's kind of coming from you and I'm trying not to do that. Um, but for a lot of people, it's kind of coming to this, oh, this is it then. Kirk's done. That's It's over. And I, he was very clear. It is not over. It absolutely is a thing that could happen in March or February of next year. He, Kirk Cousins said March, but I, I, I think by the way the calendar works and by the date the new league year happens on it, I think it has to be February. Um, typically, these void year things happen like 21 days before the new league year or something, which would be February. But I, it that's pedantry. Um, the point is we will reach a moment where we're looking back on the 2023 season and deciding if that's good enough. So what's good enough. And for me, I think it's a team level thing. I couldn't see a world where Kirk cousins throws for 5,000 yards, but the Vikings go eight and nine. I don't think that that is the world where Kirk Cousins is the one that is brought back. And, and and that might not be fair, but it feels a little bit like it has to be a, a bigger team level thing. And I don't know. I, I'll get into it in a sec because I think on a greater level, there is something to the Kirk Cousins era of the Vikings that has rendered everything else that happens on them a little bit moot. Uh, it doesn't really matter what the Vikings do. They're kind of always the Kirk Cousins team. And I think that that nature is just going to diff whether it's fair or not and whether it's correct or not. It's just like one of those subliminal things that will just hang a cloud over everything. If you go eight and nine, even if he has a fantastic season and they go eight and nine, cause like the defense is bad or something like that. I don't think that that level of like nuance is powerful enough to overturn the, like a, a decision for the Vikings to move on. Cause again, Quasi didn't sign these contracts, right? He's done some restructures. He's done some like extension sort of band-aid deal things because he inherited a situation where Kirk cousins was slated to make 45 million in a cap environment that couldn't handle that. Um, so this is not something he has been pretty wishy-washy in his opportunities to truly commit to Kirk Cousins. If he was really, really into Kirk Cousins, if it was, hey, I'm coming to to be the GM of the Minnesota Vikings and I'm excited about it because I'm excited to work with Kirk Cousins, that would have been a three-year deal back in 2022, not a one-year weenie extension with a, a, a clear path out and a, and a possibility to restructure with more void years to even lower that cap hit, right? Um, so I don't think... Um, I don't know. It it does not feel like the Vikings are really 
all that into it right now. So how does Kirk Cousins change their mind? And, and of course, you know, play well enough. But I really think it requires, this is what I'm building up to, it requires a very deep playoff run. Um, I don't think you can sneak in as a six seed and go get beat, right? I think you got to win the division. I, you you got to win your home playoff game. And and I think you got to even maybe, or at, at least be one of the teams that is, looks like they belonged in the divisional round. You know, you need to be the t- If you lose in the divisional round, it's got to be like that 49ers-Cowboys game, not like the Giants-Eagles game where that thing was over by halfway through the second quarter. Um, that When I say deep playoff run, I'm basically talking about conference championships with, with possible exceptions for teams in the divisional round because, like, you know, Bengals-Bills, like, all right, well, one of those, both of those teams felt like they were deep playoff teams and one of them's got to lose, right? Um that's what I mean when I say deep playoff run. They really got to be the class of the NFC, like in the class of the NFC, be up there with the Eagles. And I guess the 49ers will probably be up there if they can figure out what God's name is going on at quarterback. Uh, maybe the Cowboys, you know, those teams. Um, and not in the way that they were last year where they kind of had the record, but nobody really respected them in the, in that same way. And then they lose in the first round of the playoffs and it validates all that. That's what I think needs to happen. And you know what? Yeah, there is some of that stuff that's just outside of Kirk Cousins' control. Cousins, again, he could throw for 5,000 yards, put up 35 a game, and the defense could put up 38, could give up 38 a game, and they end up going 500 and missing the playoffs. Absolutely an outcome. And I think in that outcome, Kirk Cousins doesn't get the extension because you're not going to look at an 8-9 team and say, all right, let's run this thing back. And I guess that's the last point of this is, I think I finally cracked it. Why everybody still thinks that the Vikings are like running it back, even though they've gotten rid of a ton of people. They brought in new people. There's, there's new starters all over the defense, new defensive scheme, whole, like pretty major tweaks to the offensive scheme. Um, you know, no Dalvin cook, no Adam. Like there's so many changes to the Vikings that have happened, but people are still like, yeah, well, Clearly, they won't go 13 and four like they did again, but it's kind of the same team. And I think it's just because it's the same quarterback. I really do. I don't know. Uh, I'll try to clarify my philosophy on that. The reputation of the Minnesota Vikings under Kirk Cousins has mystified me for some time. Kirk Cousins does not mystify me. I think he's a fairly easy quarterback to get a handle on uh, his strengths and weaknesses and and, and who he is and all, all of that stuff is fairly straightforward. Um, but the way that he is perceived doesn't match that. Like for me, the way that he plays, he's got his strengths, he's got his weaknesses, he's a guy that that does that. But the way that he is perceived is as this bastion for everything that's bad about being okay. Like he is truly the symbol for why it is bad to be just fine. And I've never agreed with that philosophy. Fine is fine. fine. Bad is bad. Fine is fine. Fine is not bad. Um, and And I believe in using precise language in, in that case, you know, when, when people say, well, they're just going to be, you know, mediocre, mediocre means middle, you mean bad, just say bad and say it with your whole chest, like say what you mean, you know, that's just that, that kind of part of who I am in life too. Um, but with Kirk, Kirk is not bad. No. And, and when you say, do you think Kirk Cousins is a bad quarterback? I don't think a lot of people would say, yeah, no, he is bad. Put him out there with, you know, Sam Darnold and uh, Deshaun Kaiser, who are these like bad, cause you wouldn't bench Kirk cousins for, you know, somebody else for Baker Mayfield, right? Like, that's what I feel like when you say a quarterback is bad, you're talking about this guy, like shouldn't be starting or shouldn't be on a roster. Um, and nobody would say that about Kirk cousins. He's fine. He's 
got his arm talent. He when he's really hot, he's hot. Then he gets cold, and he can be cold for a long time, and that can be really restrictive. And he can get into his conservative Kirk thing. We've got a whole chaos meter for when he's too conservative, and sometimes he's too chaotic, and he throws boneheaded interceptions. You know, and he'll get three picks and a fumble in a game, and you're going, "Oh my God, Kirk, what are you doing?" And then another game, he has an eight out of two, and you're like, ah, what happened here? And then he finds that middle ground, and he gets hot, and he's unstoppable. And that that all exists in the the ethos of Kirk Cousins is it, it, a fairly up-and-down, boom-and-bust kind of guy that makes for very exciting TV. And yet, when you listen to people talking about the Vikings, it's like sort of this assumption, eh, they're just going to be like a boring, okay, middle team, 500. We don't really need to talk about them. It's like there's this boringness to it. Um and, and the reason I'm going into all this, I'm, I'm not just trying to like complain about the media, is because I think that that vibe, that so-so energy, whether you're aware of it or not, no matter what you do to try to put it out of your mind, is going to affect something like a decision to make Kirk Cousins your quarterback at the, to the tune of $40 million a year for one or two more seasons. It's a major decision to make. And when you're thinking about it, it's hard not to think about, well, here we are, eight wins again. We really buying into more of this. And, and that's so wrong. You know, it's a team sport. There's so much more that goes into it that's so reductive and wrong to think that way. But it's really hard to get it all the way out of your head. And in a something like a contract negotiation, which has many moving parts from the GM to Rob Brzezinski to people drafting up the contract to people negotiating agents, Kirk Cousins himself, Kevin O'Connell. There's many people involved in that. And when you have an apparatus that is not, it's not just one person making a decision. It's not, you know, Quasi Delfa Mensa sitting on the Madden controls going, how much should I put into this contract offer? Uh, you know, clicking the up button a couple times to make sure that he takes the deal. It's a lot of moving parts. And the more moving parts and the more people with that you introduce to that system, the more opportunity you have for something like the middling energy of the Vikings to get involved in that. And, you know, if you look at it totally objectively, like a, a Martian with none of the baggage comes down and says, I'm going to be a fan of the Minnesota Vikings. And here's what I think they should do. You could have an argument for that person. You could maybe see that Martian, uh, advocating for extending Kirk Cousins because here's his EPA, here's what he does well, it's enough, it blah, 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 and it's worth the money for this reason, that. Like, you could see him making that argument. You could see him making an argument against as well. But what I don't foresee is that argument being rooted in, well, they've tried it for six years and it didn't work. You know, and again, I'm assuming that 2023 is a 500-year is a, is a for the sake of this thought experiment. Now, if they win 12 13 games again and get a deep playoff run, this changes everything. Um, and I think that that's important to acknowledge. But if they do just kind of have another season where they're good, not great, a lot of people really, really hate it being good, not great. And I think it's just because it's like the best way to lose a Super Bowl and not have a good draft pick. Uh, or, you know, not win the Super Bowl, but also not have a good draft pick. And those are the two things, I guess, that can be an outcome of a season, which is really reductive and frankly immature. I hear it every day, so I, I get it. Um, but ultimately that system and the way that bias, like people who are susceptible to bias, which includes all people are ultimately going to be the ones making this decision. And that is a system that is fundamentally unfair to Kirk Cousins 
And there's nothing anybody can do about that. Nothing you can do about that. Nothing Kurt can do about that. Nothing Quasi can do about that. It's just the way human brains work and human brains make this decision. And that could lead to a really funny world where Kirk Cousins, I mean, maybe Kirk Cousins just like has a stinker of a year and, and this is easy, right? Or maybe he has a phenomenal year and the Vikings are phenomenal and it's easy. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in the world where it isn't. And the world where it isn't is one where the Vikings do well enough where like they win 10 games in the division and you go, well, <laughs> are you really going to go into a rebuild with a new quarterback when you just won 10 games? And it, this is kind of the moment where the Vikings say yes to that, I think. But that becomes a much harder yes. Uh, and and this this is the world where that can be a yes, even if it's not Kirk's fault. He might still end up a free agent and, and working the market. And it might even be good for him to work the market. If the Vikings are going to be stingy about things, maybe the open market is better. There will be lots of teams going into 2024 needing a quarterback. And who knows how many of all of these college guys that everybody's excited about will actually play well and how many of them will Spencer Rattler their way into obscurity. It is certainly an interesting moment. And I think for for you and me, you know, fans, I think all all we can do is try to shut those biases out as much as possible and be objective about this, right? Um, look at Kirk Cousins for what he offered to the Vikings in 2023. And do we want to buy into more of that? That is all the question that we need to ask not are we buying into more of nine win seasons it's are we buying more into what this guy contributes to an effort to do better than nine um that's the question we need to ask in the way we need to frame it and i'm sure we will talk about it ad nauseum february 2023 on this show is going to be a very interesting month i can promise you that uh hopefully all the months are interesting <laughs> uh we'll see you guys monday um I don't know what we'll talk about. Probably some everyman stuff. Maybe some X's and O's if I get into it. Although I kind of did my run game thing I really wanted to do. I want to talk about the backup O-line too. Like the, the Brandells and the Vidarian Lows. That's all really fun. I will see you all Monday. And as always, Skull.